Welcome to Swipe at Your Own Risk, our Valentine's Day special for the podcast. In this episode, we delve into the dark and terrifying world of online dating. From catfishing to cults, each episode will bring you the terrifying tales of people who have had their lives turned upside down by a simple swipe on a dating app. These stories will make you question the intentions of those you meet online and make you think twice about your own dating experiences. As you listen, you'll hear the fear and the terror in their experiences while in search of love. So, if you're ready to be taken on a journey into the unknown and to hear some truly chilling tales of online dating gone wrong, then stay tuned and be prepared to be scared as we explore the dangers of swiping right in the world of online dating. Our first story of the night is titled The Last Dinner. Sarah felt a flutter of nerves in her stomach as she made her way to the restaurant. She had been chatting with a man named John on a dating app for a few weeks, and they had decided to meet in person. She had always been hesitant about online dating, but John seemed like such a nice guy. He was charming and funny, and they had hit it off right away. But as she walked into the restaurant, her nerves turned to fear. The man who greeted her was not the same person she had been talking to online. He had a cold, calculating look in his eyes that sent a chill down her spine. She was about to turn and flee when he grabbed her arm and dragged her back into the restaurant. As he led her to a back corner table, Sarah's mind raced. She had heard stories about a serial killer in her area targeting women from dating apps, and now she was certain that this was that man. As she walked to the table with John, she took out her phone and searched for the news stories about the killer. The police sketch of the man matched John almost perfectly. She had to think of a way to escape before it was too late. As Sarah sat down at the table, she couldn't shake the feeling that something was very off about John. His eyes were dead inside. He would look at her with a soulless predatory gaze. She tried to push the feeling aside and make small talk, but she found it difficult to focus on what he was saying. John ordered a bottle of wine and made a toast to their meeting in person. Sarah forced a smile and took a sip, but the wine tasted sour in her mouth. She could feel John's gaze on her, studying her every move. It made her feel afraid and trapped in his presence. John asked her questions about her life, and Sarah found herself struggling to come up with answers. She could feel the sweat starting to bead on her forehead and her heart pounding in her chest. She knew she needed to get out of there as soon as possible. He then started to talk about himself his job, his hobbies, and his interests, but Sarah found it hard to pay attention. She was too focused on finding a way out of the situation. She scanned the restaurant, looking for anyone who could help her, but everyone seemed lost in their own conversations, unaware of her plight. As she scanned the room, her eyes fell upon a man sitting at the bar. He had been watching her since she had entered the restaurant, and she was sure he would help her. Now was her chance. She had to act quickly. With a burst of courage, Sarah stood up and yelled, Help. This man is the River City Killer. As Sarah shouted for help, John's demeanor changed. He stood up and lunged at her, trying to silence her cries. Sarah fought back, pushing him away and running towards the door. But John was too fast. He grabbed her by the hair and pulled her back. Sarah screamed and kicked, trying to free herself from his grip. She managed to wrench herself free and ran towards the bar hoping to find someone who could help her. But John was right behind her, his hand closing around her arm. As John was about to grab her again, the man from the bar came to her aid. He quickly subdued John and held him down until the police arrived. Sarah was in shock. She couldn't believe that she had come face to face with a real-life serial killer. 
She knew how lucky she was to have escaped his grasp. The police arrived quickly and apprehended the killer, taking him away in handcuffs. Sarah thanked the man at the bar for saving her life, and he introduced himself as a private investigator who had been following John, as he was suspicious that he was the River City killer. She was grateful for the stranger who had come to her rescue. Sarah was then taken to the hospital to be checked out. She had some bruises and scratches, but she was otherwise unharmed. The police took her statement and soon after John was charged with 12 counts of murder. This gave Sarah a sense of closure knowing that he would not be able to hurt her or anyone else. After the ordeal, Sarah was more careful when using dating apps. She made sure to always trust her instincts and be cautious when meeting people from the internet. She also made a point to thank the police for arriving as quickly as they did. Sarah's experience had been a harrowing one, but it had taught her valuable lessons that she would carry with her for the rest of her life. She knew that she was lucky to have escaped the clutches of a dangerous predator, and she was determined to never let her guard down again. Our next story of the night is titled Don't Sleep William. William had been single for far too long. He had been through all the dating apps, trying to find someone who was perfect for him. He had gone on a few dates, but nothing ever seemed to work out. He was beginning to give up hope when he came across Michelle's profile. She seemed perfect, beautiful, intelligent, and with a great sense of humor. He sent her a message, and to his surprise, she responded. William and Michelle's first date was at a cozy Italian restaurant in the city. As soon as they laid eyes on each other, they knew they had made a great choice in agreeing to meet up. They smiled and greeted each other warmly, both feeling a spark of attraction. As they sat down to dinner, they began to talk and discovered that they had a lot in common. They both loved to travel, both interested in history, and they shared a passion for photography. The conversation flowed easily, and they found themselves laughing and joking together. William was struck by Michelle's intelligence and wit. She had a great sense of humor, and he found himself drawn to her sharp wit and sparkling eyes. Michelle was equally impressed by William's charm and easygoing nature. She felt at ease with him and enjoyed his company. As the night went on, they ordered more drinks and talked about their dreams and aspirations. They found that they had similar goals and values, and that they both wanted to make a difference in the world. They also talked about the challenges they had faced in their lives, and they were both touched by how open and honest the other was. By the end of the night, they both knew that they had found something special in each other. They exchanged numbers and made plans for another date. They felt like they had hit it off immediately and couldn't wait to see each other again. They went on a few more dates, and William felt like he had finally found the one. Everything seemed to be going well until one night when Michelle invited him over for dinner. She said she wanted to cook him a special meal, and William was more than happy to accept. When he arrived at her house, he was taken aback by the luxurious home. It was much more than he had expected. He followed Michelle inside, and as they walked through the house, he noticed something strange. There were pictures of other men hanging on the walls. When he asked about them, Michelle just smiled and said that they were old friends. As William followed Michelle into the kitchen, she offered him a glass of wine. He accepted, and she poured him a generous glass of red wine, explaining that it was a special vintage from her personal collection. William took a sip and was impressed by the rich flavor and smooth finish of the wine. As Michelle prepared dinner, she chatted about her love of cooking and her recent trip to Italy. William listened, feeling a sense of ease and relaxation wash over him. As he sipped his wine, he felt a warmth spreading through his body, and he felt like he was in a dreamlike state. 
As the night went on, Michelle began to talk about the pictures on her wall. They were all the men that she had lured into her home so she could kill them. William felt a sense of unease growing inside him. He tried to shake it off, thinking it was just his imagination or a joke Michelle was telling him. But as he listened to Michelle's chilling words, he realized that something was off. He felt a sense of confusion, and his thoughts became cloudy. His heart began to race, and he knew he had to get out of there. William began to feel more and more disoriented. He found it hard to focus on the conversation. It felt like he was in a fog. He knew that something was wrong, but he couldn't quite put his finger on it. William had been drugged, and it was now fully taking over his mind and body. William's heart raced. He knew he had to get out of there, but he had no idea how. He tried to think of a way to escape, but his mind was spinning. He was about to make a run for it when Michelle turned around and saw the fear in his eyes. She laughed and said, you should be asleep any second. You won't feel a thing, I promise. As Michelle continued to talk about her sinister plans, William realized that he needed to act fast. He quickly scanned the room, looking for something he could use as a weapon. His eyes fell upon a heavy marble statue on the coffee table, and he knew that it was his only chance. With a burst of adrenaline, William lunged for the statue. He grabbed it with both hands and in a blur, he threw it through the large picture windows. The sound of shattering glass filled the room, and the neighbors were immediately alerted. William found the strength to scream for help. He knew that he had only moments to escape before Michelle overpowered him. He could hear the sound of running footsteps and voices outside, and he knew that his cries had been heard. The man from next door, who was a retired police officer, ran to the house. He saw the broken windows and heard William's cries for help. Without hesitation, he entered the house, and soon enough he had subdued Michelle and held her until the police arrived. The man's wife had called the police, and they arrived shortly. They apprehended Michelle and took her away in handcuffs. William was relieved and grateful to have escaped Michelle's deadly trap. He was taken to the hospital to be checked out. He had some cuts and bruises, but he was otherwise unharmed. William knew that he had been lucky to have escaped with his life. He would always be grateful to the man from next door for coming to his aid, and he would never forget this terrifying experience. But he also knew that he would never stop looking for love. Our next story of the night is titled The Monster in the Park. Mike had been talking to Andrea on a dating app for a few weeks. They had hit it off right away and had been messaging each other every day since. Mike was excited to finally meet her in person, so when she suggested they meet up for dinner, he eagerly agreed. He spent the whole day getting ready, picking the perfect outfit, and making sure he looked his best. He couldn't wait to meet the woman he had been talking to and bonding with over the past few weeks. They met at a small Italian restaurant, where they were greeted by the warm aroma of garlic and basil. The restaurant was dimly lit, with candlelit tables and soft music playing in the background. Andrea was even more beautiful in person, with her bright smile and sparkling eyes. Mike felt his heart flutter as they sat down to dinner. As they talked, they discovered that they had a lot in common. They both loved to travel, and both were interested in history, and each of them shared a passion for the arts. Every time Andrea brought up an interest, it seemed that Mike had a passion for the same thing. It just seemed all too perfect to Mike. The conversation flowed easily, and they found themselves laughing and joking together. Mike was struck by Andrea's intelligence and wit. She had a great sense of humor, and he found himself drawn to her sharp wit and sparkling eyes. 
Andrea was equally impressed by Mike's kindness and reassuring nature. She felt at ease with him and enjoyed his company. After dinner, Andrea suggested they take a walk in the park. Mike was delighted by the idea, and they left the restaurant to enjoy the evening stroll. The park was beautiful, with lush greenery, and the trees were adorned with twinkling lights. The air was cool and crisp, and they walked along the paths, admiring the stars and talking about their dreams and aspirations. Mike felt like he was on top of the world. He couldn't believe that he had found someone so special. As the night began to draw to a close, Andrea's behavior suddenly became strange. Her once bright and friendly demeanor turned dark and unsettling. She began to make odd comments about Mike's life and asked him questions that made him feel uncomfortable. She seemed to be following him too closely, and Mike started to feel a sense of unease growing inside him. He tried to brush it off, thinking it was just his imagination. As Andrea's behavior became increasingly strange, Mike began to feel a growing sense of danger. She started to act aggressively towards people walking by in the park, especially women. She would glare at them and mutter under her breath. Mike tried to ignore her behavior, but he couldn't shake the feeling that something was really off with Andrea. Andrea then began to talk about how she had been watching him for a long time now, both at his home and at work. She talked about how she had been following his every move online, and that she knew all about his life. Mike felt a chill run down his spine as he realized that Andrea had been stalking him. He tried to back away from her, but she held him firmly in place. She opened her purse slightly, and he could see the steak knife she must have taken during dinner. She whispered in his ear that they were meant to be together forever, and that no one would ever come between them now. Mike was terrified and desperate. He could see the madness in her eyes, and he knew that he had to get away from her. He struggled against her grip, but she was surprisingly strong. Mike knew that he had to act fast. He managed to break free and ran as fast as he could, not daring to look back. He could hear Andrea's screams of fury echoing behind him, but he didn't stop. He kept running until he finally reached the safety of his home. He collapsed onto the floor, exhausted and shaken. His heart was pounding in his chest, and he could still feel the weight of Andrea's hand on his arm. He had narrowly escaped Andrea, but he knew that would not be the end of her. After narrowly escaping Andrea at the park, Mike finally made it back to the safety of his home. He was exhausted and shaken, but he knew that he needed to get some rest. He took a hot shower and tried to calm his racing mind. He lay in bed, staring at the ceiling, replaying the events of the night over and over in his head. Just as he was about to drift off to sleep, he heard a loud noise coming from outside. He sat up in bed, listening intently. The noise grew louder and he could hear Andrea's screams. She was outside his house, banging on his doors and windows. Mike's heart began to race as he realized that she was still determined to be with him. He quickly got out of bed and looked out the window. Andrea was standing outside, her face pressed against the glass. Her eyes were wild, and she was screaming his name. Mike grabbed his phone and dialed the police. The police arrived quickly, and they arrested Andrea. She was taken away in handcuffs, still screaming and ranting about how she and Mike were meant to be together forever. The police assured Mike that they would make sure she wouldn't be able to hurt him, but he couldn't shake the feeling of unease. Despite the police's reassurance, Mike knew that he couldn't stay in his home. The harassment continued, Andrea's phone calls and letters never stopped coming. He had no choice but to sell his house and move across the country, in hope of a fresh start. He left all his memories behind and started a new life, 
trying to forget the terror that he had experienced. And our final story of the night is titled The Master. Jessica had been living in Toronto for a few years now. She had a great job and a fulfilling social life, but something was missing. She was looking for love, and after a few failed attempts at dating, she decided to try her luck on a dating app. That's where she met Ryan, a handsome man with a charming personality. They talked for weeks and hit it off right away. When they finally decided to meet in person, Jessica couldn't contain her excitement. She got ready for the date, choosing her outfit carefully and making sure everything was perfect. She arrived at the designated spot on time, but as soon as she saw Ryan, she knew something was off. Ryan was not the same person she had been talking to on the app. His eyes were cold and callous. His manner and tone of speech to Jessica was short and abrupt. Jessica's heart began to race. She was about to turn and run when Ryan grabbed her around her waist, dragged her into the back of a white van and quickly drove away. Jessica's heart was pounding as she was thrown into the back of the van. She could feel the cold metal floor beneath her and the van's movement was making her dizzy. Ryan was shouting at her from the front seat, his voice growing louder and more frenzied with each passing moment. He kept talking about the master and how he was the only one who could save her. Jessica's fear was growing with each passing moment. She had heard stories about the Harvesters of Heaven, a dangerous cult in the area that was known for brainwashing young women and men into committing unspeakable acts. She knew that she had to get away before it was too late. As the van continued to drive through the streets of Toronto, Jessica's mind raced. She was trying to think of a way to escape, but she was trapped in the back of a van with no door handle and Ryan was shouting at her, making it hard for her to think clearly. She could feel the panic rising in her chest as she realized that she was trapped and alone. The van finally came to a stop, and Jessica was dragged out of the back and thrown into a windowless room. The cult members began to speak to her, their voices low and hypnotic. They told her that she was special, that the master had chosen her for a very special reason. They told her that if she didn't join them, she would be doomed to a life of misery. Jessica was determined to resist the brainwashing, but it was a constant battle. The cult members were relentless in their attempts to break her down, and they used every tactic in the book. They kept her isolated, depriving her of sleep, and bombarding her with messages about the master, and how he was the only one who could save her. They showed her videos of other brainwashed members, telling her that this was her only chance for salvation. For days, Jessica fought against the brainwashing, but her willpower was weakening. She was exhausted and scared, and the constant barrage of messages was starting to take its toll. At one point, she found herself succumbing to the cult members' words and began to believe that the master was the only way. But Jessica didn't give up. She kept fighting, and she finally found an opportunity to escape the cult members and run out of the building. As the cult members were about to switch shifts during one of her reprogramming sessions, one of them had left the door slightly open. In a disoriented state, Jessica made a run for it. She didn't know where she was going, but she knew that she had to get away. She ran through the streets, her heart pounding, her breath coming in ragged gasps. The cult members were shouting behind her, but she didn't dare to look back. She knew that if she stopped, they would catch her. She kept running, her feet pounding the pavement, her lungs burning. She could hear the sirens in the distance, and she knew that the police were coming. Jessica finally reached the safety of a police car. The officer sped off as the cult members chased after them. She thanked the police officer profusely. 
He stopped the car and looked directly into her soul and said don't mention it, but you will have to call me the master from now on. Jessica broke mentally and emotionally as the master turned the police car around and drove her back to the location where the cult was keeping her. This all seemed to be a part of their sick and twisted plan to break her. Jessica was never seen by her friends and family again. That concludes our episode of Swipe at Your Own Risk. We hope you found it as eerie and terrifying as we did. We want to remind you that the impression of love can be blinding. Don't let the excitement of a potential match blind you to the possible dangers. Trust your instincts, be vigilant, and always meet in a public place. Remember, the safety of yourself and your loved ones should always be your top priority. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back with more horror stories in our next episode. Stay safe and remember to always swipe at your own risk.